Found out something last night that I did not ever know about Brother Palmer. He is a bona fide Englishman. Did y'all know that? Now, maybe y'all already knew that. He is an Englishman. Now, he said, well, Tim, what do you mean about that? He has dual citizenship. I was so just intrigued by this when he got talking about it last night. His daddy served in World War II and was in England. Married a young gal over there, and he was born on English soil. So he is an English, he is a citizen of Great Britain as well as the United States. My goodness. So let's welcome this British man, this Englishman here today. All right, Brother Palmer, give him a hand if you would, please. All right. Amen. Well, thank you all so very much for inviting us uh, to be here. Uh, I, I love to hear good singing, don't you? For some reason, I don't sing very well. And I was talking to a Scottish man in England, and he could sing very good, Billy McKenzie. And so I said, well, it's going to be wonderful when I get to heaven, because I'll have a voice, I'll be able to sing. He said, well, Brother Glenn, the only thing about that is we won't know who you are. I said, oh, Billy. <laughs> I said, Billy, I, I said, you've just kind of burst my bubble a little bit, but uh, isn't it wonderful to have good, good singing, good music and all, and thanking the Lord for his wondrous blessings. It certainly is wonderful. And I want to thank all of you for allowing us to be with you this morning. My wife, Charlotte, stand up, Charlotte. Uh, her, her name's Charlotte. You know what it means, don't you? The one in control. So, <laughs> fellas... You know what I, what I do. <laughs> That's wonderful to have a precious wife. And she's more than that because when, when the Lord called us and I had to go off to get some training at Temple, that's where I met Pastor Rick. And uh, we had to enjoy some time of fellowship there together. And uh, I was so pleased that Charlotte had already been through. She knew all the answers. And I thought, oh, maybe there's a chance I'll make it through. And uh, so we, we finally did. I did just had to have nightmares. I might not make it, though. But, you know, somewhere there's a piece of paper that says I did. But how wonderful God is and how blessed we are all in the Lord Jesus Christ. I've enjoyed the Sunday school time this morning. What a blessing it was. But what, my attention for Great Britain, and I'm just going to give you just a little bit of background. Uh, I, I used to race motorcycles. But the thing is, uh, we went to, I went to England in 1975, which is a long time ago, but the United States raced against Great Britain. And I went there to the old church, as uh, Brother Tim said, I was born there. And I uh, came to the States when I was one, went back to England when I was five because our parents divorced, and then uh, came back when I was ten. And so uh, we went there to see, and so I went to the old church. It's an old Church of England, huge stone buildings. I went there just to uh, see what it was like. And they said, well, sometimes we have a service at Easter and sometimes at Christmas. It just kind of broke my heart. You know, as a little one, we remember things differently, don't we? And so, broke, and so the Lord just kind of used that. I was coming back. We were in church, bus route, and doing all the teaching and stuff like that. Not that I knew it, but my wife knew all the answers and everything. So we were going, but the Lord just kind of laid on my heart. I heard American preachers preaching about uh, Great Britain. So, oh, there's just a dearth there. I says, you don't have a clue of how bad it is there. And people say, but that's where all of our theology came from, our great theologians and all the past. I said, yes, but go there and see 
and be among the people what it's like. The children know nothing of the Lord other than using his name in vain. But uh, so uh, we prayed, not that I could go and do it. I heard this missionary fellow, and he's uh, speaking there and on the potter and the clay in Jeremiah 18. And he said, uh, he said, you know, he made the potter. I didn't know the events of Jerem of the potter and the clay, how that the potter made the clay and the vessel was flawed. And I'm sitting there. There's a lot of people in the church. I'm saying, that's me. I'm flawed. It's not, I can't be used. And so uh, I didn't know the rest of it. The potter took that old lump of unusable clay and he made it into a usable vessel. So I said, Charlotte, we're going to England. God had laid that upon my heart. And to go back to a place where you raised, I have family members there, two uncles still alive, up in their 90s, doing very well. And uh, so how God worked through it. How can I, somebody like me, that knows very little of the scriptures, go and be used of the Lord? And I had all the questions and the doubts, and the Lord said, Glenn, I knew you before you were born. In Jeremiah 1.5, I had you all ready, ready and ordained to do it. He said that actually to Jeremiah, didn't he? But my thing is, if you said it to Jeremiah, he's kind of saying it to all of us. And so he, he said, so somehow God saw us through. I had $165 when I moved to Chattanooga to just go to school. I can work. And then we did. We worked 40 hours a week and went to school. It took, I was in a hurry to get through it. It only took me five years to complete that four-year course. But uh, how God works wondrously, doesn't he? And then they say, well, where are you going to get your support? I knew nobody, but my wife did. The Lord just blessed me so many times. And so we were able to get uh, support. And in 84, we went to England. And there, like, when, what's it like there? You get sick. You go into wintertime. Their cold is different than our cold. It's very damp. And so I go there, and we're sick. The children are sick. And, uh, oh, what in the world am I doing here? But how God then directed and worked through it, and how God started church in Spalding in Lincolnshire, the prettiest town. How do you, what do you mean the prettiest town? Well, it's the tulip capital of Great Britain. And so we were, and so how the Lord worked mightily there took us to uh, another countries too as a part of that ministry to Armenia. I got to see where Noah parked the ark. Well, we didn't get to see exactly where, but we know it's on the mountains of Ararat and uh, Romania to help with the gypsy people there. All out of our church in England, and how that God blessed in different ministries there too. How that He's worked mightily, and I thought someone as unusable as me was able to go and share the gospel with the people that He was born among. And I thought, what a blessing. Our life has been so special. You say, you still like motorcycles? I got an old Bull Taco, 252 stroke, and I just got a new ignition system put on it, put on a couple of weeks ago, and I've been riding it a little bit, just a little bit around. I, I, yes, I enjoy that. I enjoy, I can use my hands a little bit. I admire people that can use their hands. And so God, though, does wondrous and miraculous things. Yes, I've flown on old Russian airplanes where they're shooting at you. Yeah, but... You know, God sees us through all these things, and he blesses us, and he takes care of us. And you know, he wants us uh, to do those things that are pleasing to him. But you know what? He wants us to have joy in our hearts, in our lives. Yes, there's a challenge, but God knows all about that. He prepared us. He knows all about the things. And even in the dark and 
perilous times we say we're living in now in this nation. God has a purpose, a reason, a determination for each and every one of us. And so let's, let, let's not be pulled down. I mentioned some of this in Sunday school this morning. Let's not let the world pull us down. Hey, let's determine in our lives to go forth, to see what God has for us. And that's for people of all, all ages. You say, yeah, but you're a little long in the tooth is a term some people use when you've had a few extra birthdays. But the thing is, God still has purposes for me. We were supposed to be in England last year. The, the COVID thing wouldn't let us go. But we talked to them this week. He says, okay, three months. Can you come, Glenn, to uh, uh, Nuneaton? It's a town in the center part of England. And fill in for us for three months. I said, be willing to. He says, well, let's wait till spring of next year. I said, I'm ready. I'm ready because I, Brother Coley said, I have dual nationality and my wife, though she's an alien, she, they stamped her passport indefinite. You know what that means? That just goes on and on and on, don't it? doesn't it? And so other people have to pay for those things. But how God blessed and more. Mine, they just put a British page in my American passport. And uh, so how God blesses and watches over each and every one. He's got a plan for us. And so I just wanted to read just a few verses in Acts chapter 20. Uh, you say, well, I heard you do something on Acts chapter 20. Yes. When I was going to England, I said, what do I do when I get there? And so I said, Paul said, we'll go from house to house, inviting the people, uh, just uh, tell them. So Acts chapter 20, we're going to look at verses 22 through 24. And the apostle Paul here, he has been, uh, he's on his third, third missionary journey. He came overland from, uh, we say Syria, but Antioch of Syria, from Jerusalem, Antioch of Syria. He came overland through Iconium, Lystra, Derby, where he had ministered in his first missionary journeys. He came through them. He went to Ephesus. Ephesus at that time was quite a large uh, city, lots of people. It's in the, the uh, we would say, I still want to say county because it's in modern day Turkey today, we would call it. And it's on the end that juts out there toward Europe. And that was called Asia, the province was at that time. So he was ministering there and uh, on his third missionary journey. So he was in Ephesus for the over two years until it said in the scriptures that he was there for, uh, where everyone had an opportunity to hear the word of God. What a wondrous mission ministry he had there. And, uh, then he had come, he'd come back, went down to Macedonia, Greece. We would call it part of Greece and Macedonia. Came back up, retracing his steps a little bit. Not to go to Ephesus, because it's going to take too long. He has a burden to go to, to be in Jerusalem. And then, as it says uh, uh, earlier in 19, that he, to go to Rome also. But here, so when we hear that background, he has been, people have said, these are believing people, said, Paul... If you go there, there are going to be bonds and affliction, in other words, chains, and you're going to be put in prison. So don't go. He's heard this uh, from so many people. He's heard this. But in verse 22 of chapter 20, And now, behold, I go bound in the Spirit unto Jerusalem, not knowing the things that shall befall me there, save that the Holy Ghost witnesseth in every city, saying that bonds and afflictions abide me. 
But none of these things move me, neither count I myself dear unto myself, so that I might finish my course with joy and the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus, to testify the gospel of the grace of God. And so he is determined. He said, there's going to be hardships, Paul. He says, yes. But there in chapter 19, he's already said this. And this is when he was earlier in, in Ephesus preaching to the people there, teaching them, giving the word of God out in every way. He was very, but he even said there before he went to Macedonia, to, to Achaia or Greece, he said, that's where I must go and on to Rome. So when we begin to realize Paul knew that God had direction for him, just as he has direction for each and every one of us. And he said, now, Paul, it's going to be difficult. I'm going to let you know it's going to be difficult. And, and of course, we know it was a very difficult time because we know the events after that as well. But he was determined. And you know, it's are we determined in our walk with the Lord? That's the thing is, are we truly determined? You say, well, on Sunday I go to church. In England, there'd be this fellow walking down the street. He had a great big Bible on here, just strutting down the street there with his Bible. But on Monday, you would have never known he'd ever been to church or knew what that Bible was all about. Sometimes we're like that. And I'll say we, because we all fall into that category at times. But are we determined to do what God has for us? And this is one of the things the Apostle Paul is showing here. He, said, he says, hey, it's going to be different. What would we have done if we were in that position that Paul was in? Hey, it's going to be difficult. It's going to be difficult, Paul. It's going to be very difficult. You've been through beatings. You've been through shipwrecks. You've been through many, many things. You've been stoned and left for dead there in Derby. You've all of this. He says, you've been through and He says, Bonds and afflictions abide you. They will be there. And Paul says, well, Lord, you've seen me through this. Will you, I'm, I just believe you'll see me through the rest of it. And I think in our lives, we have difficulties, we have turmoils, we have all kinds of things that happen to us. But I just wrote down a few things here. Um, have you ever <coughs> sat down and considered your life? Have you ever sat and considered your life? This is for all of us of all ages. Uh, your purpose of life, why am I here? Uh, I know when I was uh, finished high school, well, what am I going to do? I was very fortunate to work maintenance to the school system. And so they took me right on. But uh, the thing is, well, is that the purpose for my life? That could have been, and that would have been a joy and a wonderful thing if that's what God had for me. And so this is the thing we need to realize, whatever God's purpose is. In the preparation, are you prepared, or have you been prepared to do that for which God has for you? Preparation. I thought, well, I, I like electromechanical stuff and all like that. And uh, so preparation, I'd gone to vocational school. I thought, this is what I've got for my life. And it would have been a wonderful life. And, and then but challenges. Oh, I'm not the best of students. I'm an average student. I'm, I, our children saw my report cards. I said, Dad, you made C's. I said, well, that's, that's not, no, a couple of B's in there. I said, look, there was a couple of them sprinkled in there. because I mean, they wanted to make straight A's on everything. And, I, and it is good if you can do that. You really can. And uh, 
There are different challenges. And the accomplishments. What have you accomplished in your life? What are you accomplishing in your life? This is the thing. I mean, people of all different walks, uh, whether you accomplish something. I mean, we just finished wiring up a building, a bus garage. And I thought, I'm so pleased it's finished. And I'm nice when the preacher said it's lit up brighter than the sunshine. Oh, this is good. And so it's it's pleasing when we accomplish these things. When you cut your grass, it's been long and scraggly and like this, and it's all cleaned and you've done it. It's, it's an accomplishment, isn't it? It's wonderful. Whatever you, your purpose, whatever your job, whatever you do, when you complete a task, it's a joy. And that's what God is trying to remind them here, too. What preparation we should But you know, before all of these things, preparation or challenges or accomplishments, you know, the one thing that comes first, what is that? Salvation in the Lord Jesus Christ. How are you going to know what God wants for you if you do not know him as your Savior, as your Lord? The one that's there with you at every moment of the day. The one that will pick you up when you're cast down. The one that will give you the guidance that you need. What are we going to do? He's the one. Salvation is so important. I was saved in my teens, 14 years old, John 3, 16. Many people, that's what God used to speak to my heart. I knew very little of the scriptures. I was actually attending a church that I said, you couldn't get saved in. You just had to live a good life. But then I met my wife. Like I said, she's in charge. And uh, we started going to church with her. And uh, there was salvation by grace. I said, is that in the Bible? Is that in the Bible? And uh, I I began to read the Bible more and understand. But how God wants to direct us in our lives in every way. And uh, Paul here, he was determined to follow Christ. Now, we have that choice. God gives every one of us different abilities. Like I said, I like racing motorcycles collarbone all disconnected, broken bones, you know, all that fun and exciting stuff that you have and the challenges and all. And I thought, well, yeah, but this is this is doing what the Lord wants. Will that be exciting? Will that be a challenge? Will that be something I can get a hold of? Oh, it's more than that. It's more than that. I guarantee you it made that look just puny, although I still ride that old bull taco. It's just a 1969 model, but it's, uh, it, it does good. It's got things that even the new bikes don't have on them. But uh, here in uh, Acts chapter 20, when Paul says, but none of these things move me. And that's saying, what is it? These challenges ahead of him. These uh, concerns, we might say, really warnings. It's going to be difficult. We found that out when we went to England. And uh, we found it. I said, what do I do now? Where do I go? How do I go? And how God had it all planned ahead of time. This Englishman, he was concerned for England too. And it was only about 45 minutes from where I was born. And so we were able to go there. God gave us a house, which was impossible. He gave us a building to meet in. We had to, we paid for it every month. And uh, he gave us all these wonders. He opened doors because he said, hey, you're one of those unusable vessels, Glenn. So I'm going to have to really do, do work on you to, to get you to where you're usable. And so he did. I still got in God's way a lot of times. But he, he accomplished things there, which was a real blessing. And uh, there in, in, ver- in chapter 
Acts 19, verse 20 and 21. This was a little bit earlier in his ministry while he was still in Ephesus at the first time. Acts chapter 19, verse 20 and 21. Uh, he's ministering in, in Ephesus. So mightily grew the word of God and prevailed after these things were ended. After these things were ended, Paul purposed in the spirit that he had, when he had passed through Macedonia and Achaia to go to Jerusalem, saying, after I have been there, I must also see Rome. So you see, he already knew the purpose that God wanted for him. There's going to be hardships. There's going to be difficulties. There's going to be, I mean, we, we've seen that. We've seen difficulty. We've seen sicknesses and diseases and stuff like that. And uh, all, but how that God sees you through. And you know, it's so wonderful. You know, have, have, do you realize that when you went and you were able to uh, trust Christ as your Savior, what a blessing. But then, I started going to church where Charlotte was, and uh, we went out on visitation. I didn't know anything about that either. I couldn't tell anybody how to be saved. We went with the preacher, and someone got saved that evening. We were out visitation, and I didn't even touch the ground. I came back, and my feet were, I was still in the air. I said, what a joy, what a blessing. Oh, and I got to see this happen. And then with Charlotte and I went out. Of course, me, you know, as brilliant as I am, I found the book of Romans, and there at the beginning of the introduction, I wrote down, just penciled in the references. And Charlie, she, she had them memorized. And so this couple there, and his name, first name was Glenn as well. And so I said, well, we, we've come here to share the gospel. And I kind of nudged Charlie, Charlie, tell him. And uh, so she, uh, she said, she just said, no, you tell him. I said, but you know, I don't know much. She said, so I opened it up to Romans, and I went here, Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and come short. And I go right through the plan of salvation. And you know, it's amazing that not just that evening, but a couple of evenings there, Glenn and his wife got saved, and they're in church with us too. I thought, isn't it wonderful what God does to unusable vessels like me? But I thought, what a, what a blessing. And, you know, when you do things like that, you see God working your heart and your life. You're just ready to just go right on. And uh, God gives the determination as well. We can't build it up. We say, oh, yes, I can do this. Hey, if you do, you'll falter. You'll just fall flat on your face. But when you allow God to do it in your heart, in your life, he is the all-powerful God. He's the one that accomplishes these things. We don't accomplish them. He said, oh, you started church in England. I said, no, God did. It's his church. And uh, he's the one that's accomplishing things. So there are trials. There are tribulations. There are difficulties. But whatever God, God has for you to do, in your job, your vocation, whatever it might be, we need to be determined. I'm going to do my best. I worked for a big, well, a huge company before I was called. And uh, the that my boss was a crook. I mean, just he was just a crook. And uh, but my job there was to make him look as be best possible for that company. And so that was my job, not in the crooked stuff, but in the portion that I played. I had, was to be, do that. And of course, after that, then when we moved to Chattanooga, they hired me on Chattanooga too, because you know if we determine in our hearts we're going to do that which is right. God will see us through. And these are the wonderful blessings that we have day by day. And so it, God kind of asks us, what will it take to stop you? 
What will it take to stop you in your life? Have you truly been called into that position, that job, that vocation, whether it be the ministry? What will it take to stop you from doing your best? God wants us all to do that which is honoring and pleasing unto him. He was uh, compelled in Acts 21, just across the page, Acts 21, verses 12 through 14, where he says... And when we heard these things, both we and they of that place. Now, Paul is on his way to Jerusalem. He's in Caesarea, so he's in the northern part of Israel. And they of that place besought him not to go up to Jerusalem. Then Paul answered, What mean ye to weep and to break mine heart? The people said, Paul, you're going to go through some very... We love you. We care for you so mightily. What mean you to do this? You're you're trying to convince me not to do what God would have for me. Uh, For I am ready not to be bound only, but also to die in Jerusalem for the name of the Lord Jesus. And we need to... In verse 14, and when he had... And when he would not be persuaded, we cease saying, the will of the Lord be done. And that's what we need to realize. The will of the Lord be done in our lives. He said, well, what with all this COVID, all this pandemic and all of this life, you know, he wants us to be careful. He wants us to do those right. But as I was sharing earlier, who can pluck me out of God's hand? Who can pluck you out of God's hand? No one. We need to realize that in these dark and dreadful times, we need to realize, okay, I'm going to look to the Lord. I'm going to be careful in every way, do the things that God would have me to do. I'm going to do those, but I'm going to look to the one that made me, the one that's called me, the one that saved me. I'm going to look to him. And that's when you, otherwise... I'm pulled down day by day. I'm in fear all the time. Are you going to live in fear? Do we want to live in fear? Or do we want to have some joy in our life? For Paul said that I might finish my course with joy. My life, I want to finish with joy. I want to accomplish things. I want to see God doing things. I want to see what God is doing. We've been so blessed too in the different ministries there in England and outreach ministries too. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 25 through 27, uh, And every man that striveth or competes for the mastery is tempted, no, is tempered or has self-controlled, tempered in all things. Now, they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible. I therefore so run... Not as uncertainly, so fight I not as one that beateth the air, but I keep under my body and bring it into subjection, lest by any means, when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. So, you know, the thing is, let's go for the mastery. When we start a job, hey, we're, we're young, we're new, we have to learn the way it's done. And we... we learn more and we learn more and we go forth and we begin to see things happening in our lives we say we're beginning to master this truth 
Uh, it, you know, whatever your position, if you're a teacher, we go in and say, to being a teacher, and we go in and we have to sort of learn. We have to look to the students, see what they're doing, what they're, the position they're in, and how, as I say to my wife, lift up their forehead and pour it in. That's the way Charlotte teaches. But uh, she can do that. Some teachers can. But the thing is to be aware of these things because you want to be the very best you can. In all walks of life, whatever you are, if you're an electrician, you start out, maybe you're pulling wire, maybe you're running conduit. Only thing, the reason I use these, I've done, that's the things I've done. And uh, you have to learn, and then all of a sudden you're in there making all the complicated connections and things like this. You begin to master these things. That's what God wants us all to do. If you're working on motorcycles or cars or whatever. Hey, you go in there and you find out how it works and you get a little bit of information you put it together and you work on it and you begin to master some of those things. That's the reason that old bull taco runs and I can ride it up and down the street. I got tags for it and all. And I thought how wonderful it is because God wants us to master those things he's called us to do in life. Now, not everyone's called to be a missionary, a pastor, a teacher, or whatever. But God has a special purpose and plan for each and every one. Mine was because he put that burden of reaching the people in England. And I must say how God is doing it. We were just there getting in God's way a lot of times. But how that God used that time with him. To reach out to people I would never have thought I could even talk to. People that would just sort of curse me as talk to me. And how that God has done a work in their life. Because God knows. God works. And if we're willing to humble ourselves. To put ourselves in God's hands. He will use us if we're determined. There are lots of people that just come and go. And I feel so sad for them. We had one family... That they came and they just could not settle in. Though he was a great preacher here in the States. They came, they would ship all their food over there. Food's pretty much similar, called different names. but And they did all this. And so after six months, his life, wife and children, they left. After a year, he left. And I, I feel so sad for people like this. It was just so sad. And others have been there for 30, 40 years. And I didn't know enough that I could quit, I guess. That was my whole thing. I said, I, yeah, I am really, this, I just don't know that I can quit. And because somebody said, well, you could have quit and gone home instead of going through some of those things. I said, but then look at what I have, would have missed. The joy of seeing people. Going to Armenia, looking to see where Noah parked the ark. And uh, seeing now, as we did in 19, going to an old school back in, in nowheres, roads all broken up and everything. Ninety children and young people gathered together to hear from God's word. And I said, Michael, how can they, what are they doing here? What, what is it you're enticing them with? Are you giving them candy? No, no. We're teaching them. He says, Glenn, there is one thing, though. I said, what's that? He says, those that listen, learn, pay attention, and, and behave, he says, there's a chance that they might get to come to camp in the summertime. They had eight, have eight camps in the summertime. And that's when the children get to eat a meal every day. That's when they get to have shoes on their feet. They have clothes, because that's what we were sending, a lot of that stuff from England. They get to have this. 
I says, oh, I was wondering, why would they sit so attentive? And of course, they, they want you to sing their song, so they go, that meant, let, you know, let me choose a song. I'd never seen that before either. But I thought, how wonderful it is. Look at what I would have missed out on. And flying in that old Russian airplane, and we'd go around the airport there in Yerevan, looked like a flying saucer, but it's falling apart. And, we'd, and the airplane, the back of the airplane, it just got tired, and it was sitting on the ground. You know, usually it's supposed to be all up like this, but it was sitting on And Ivan says to me the first time, he says, look at those airplanes. There's, I said, Ivan, that's the same airplane we're on. Ours has just not got tired yet. So it's wonderful when you begin to see what God is doing. How he keeps you safe. How he blesses in every way. When you're riding around the old mountain roads there and you've got balloons on the car for tire, tires. And when you're going there and you're on the border where they're shooting at each other and the, all of a sudden the exhaust comes off and you sound like you're shooting. And, they, and they're and they warning you, don't don't even do, don't stop. So we kick, one get up on the hold the exhaust pipe and kick the other one end up and go right back on there and just go some more. And how wonderful, but to see the faces of those in 2019, we were speaking there. Michael, who's heading it up now, he said, Glenn, would you speak? He says, I, he knows all this technology. He's writing computer programs to uh, help in the ministry there and with the government. In places like this, you've got government on to you all the time. In England, we were checked every year by the police. But uh, the thing is, uh, he was there and he said, Glenn, would you speak for us? So I said, yes, okay, I'll bring about three or four messages. Well, I needed nine. And so, but how God blessed me. In that one, a lady had invited her neighbor who'd never been to church before. Uh, the people over there look old. And it's because of their way of life, we might say, and their lack of things. And so he was seeing, and so I noticed I'm up there speaking through a translator because I only know a few words in the Armenian language. And he's, uh, he's, he's just in tears. This big man, he's got a son with him. Looked like he was about 10 years, 10 years old. He was just tears just come down. I said, Michael. Afterwards, I said, Michael, what's happened to him? He said, oh, he got saved, Glenn. And so I said, wonderful. Because, and it's the first time he'd been to church. But he wanted to hear the word of God. And you know, when you're determined to go and do what you have the opportunity to do. Uh, and it, to me, I've been there five times. Charlotte's been there twice. A lot of disease there. But how that God has seen us through. And he's seen lives changed. Ministries growing there. Some people, young people from India, they go there sometimes for their medical degrees. Armenia today is a land of universities. I never knew it. I, I learned a whole lot going there. And uh, so they were there, and they could speak English good. Their Armenian wasn't very good. So when I'm speaking, they say, oh, we are so relaxed. Uh, we can understand what you're saying. <laughs> and they, they're translating everything into Armenian. But uh, what a blessing to see these young people from different parts of the world also that have come and they're rejoicing in what God's doing. And you think, I want to finish my course with joy. I want to know this joy that God has for me. I want to see these eternal things. And one day I'll see them in heaven again. What a blessing. What a wonderful opportunity that God gives us. But he is the one that accomplishes it. We can't do it in ourselves. So when you don't, don't make excuses though. Don't make excuses. It's so easy to make excuses. Let's not make excuses. It says, I want to do what I can and God, with God's help. And, and if, if you can help me along that way, I'll be pleased with that. For in 1 Timothy 4, 7 through 8, Paul said, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. 
I have kept the faith. And that's it, isn't it? You, we, we trusted Christ as our Savior. I pray that most all of you have. You've trusted Christ as your Savior. Are you going to keep the faith? Or are you going to let the world diminish it? Are you going to look to the world? Or are you going to be strong in the Lord? Are you determined in your walk with the Lord? And then he says, and the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus. And I, I like this, his calling. His calling is sure. But when I saw this here, uh, <clears throat> the ministry in which I have received of the Lord Jesus, I kind of think... Maybe it's just that little brain of mine that God has called all of us to minister his word. Every one of us has a testimony for the Lord Jesus Christ as we've trusted him. Well, you know, I'm kind of embarrassed. I wouldn't know what to say. I, I'm, I've used all those, things, those words too. I, I couldn't do that. I couldn't do that. Well, when you're talking to someone, it's, you know, you're just, you're talking, you're enjoying it. And it, well, and of course, I had it easy. I'd say, what are you doing here? I said, well, I've come here to start Calvary Baptist Church in England. They, they wouldn't, wouldn't even hear that part. They just keep walking. That's okay. To talk and to tell them what God has done in your heart and life. My uncles and aunts there in England, that's what we do. Tell them how that God saved us. Give our testimony. John three sixteen. whatever verse of scripture God used to challenge you. That ministry says, I have that calling. And whatever you're called to do in your job, your vocation, whatever it might be, you know, this is the thing to do is to... Be strong in that calling. That calling would be sure. There was a person mentioned in the scriptures who was actually, well, it was Judas Iscariot. And it says in Acts one seventeen, For he was numbered with us and had obtained part of the ministry. But the thing is, his calling was not sure, was it? This is the he he was with them. It looked like he was one of them. And the thing is, let's make sure our calling is sure in the Lord Jesus Christ. Because in Ephesians 4 1 it says, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation or calling wherewith ye are called. Let's walk worthy of it. And let when we go down the street, when we're in town, when we see someone, let them know there's just a, maybe a little something different than the world in us. Let's don't walk with our hand, head hung down. There's a lot of people getting that. They're sad, there's wrong, all the turmoil, all the pressures of life, and they're pulled down. No. Put your head up and say, Boy, you're going through a lot of difficulties, a lot of problems. How in the world can you have a smile on your face? How in the world can you continue forward? I know the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's one, the wonderful thing of, that God does in our hearts and lives. And he says to testify the gospel of the grace of God. And you know, when you think about the gospel, the grace of God, is it that difficult I like there in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, I've used it a number of times, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, the first four verses. Moreover, Paul, they're talking, speaking. Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, which also ye have received, and wherein ye stand, by which also ye are saved, if ye keep in memory what I have preached unto you, unless ye have believed in vain. 
unless you were just putting it on. He says, verse 3, For I delivered unto you first of all that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the Scriptures. When we begin to realize, he said, well, that's not too difficult. The Apostle Paul, probably one of the greatest people we have recorded in the Scriptures, one of them accomplished so much for the Lord, and he used, we would say, the simple plan of salvation. He used the plan of salvation that we would all be familiar with. So can we not take that, the Word of God that he's called us to do, can we not take it? To testify the gospel of the grace of God. In our days right now especially, there are so many people that need it. Or so many people that need to be reminded. Say, hey, I go to Friendship Baptist Church. Come here and be uplifted and challenged. Allow God to be rich and working in your life to encourage you day by day. You'll hear the word of God preached and taught. That's the wonderful thing. And it's a, it just opens up our life. So when there's great persecution in the scripture, we're reminded, then there are lots of people come to the Lord. Persecution. We said, is this persecution? Well, for some people it's persecution. For some, maybe it's not. But the thing is, let's not be down in the depths. I talked to a lady in California one time. She was so bitter in her heart. Yet she said, yes, I go to church. I know the Lord. But she was so bitter. She had no joy in her life, her heart. And I said, there's one thing about you. What you're telling me is you're down in the mire and the muck and the clay just where Satan would have you. Who wants to look at somebody like that and to be encouraged in their life? You're down down there. And she says, you know what? I think I'm, I haven't spoken to my, my sister in 14 years because of a disagreement. And the people allow these things to pull them down. Today, people are allowing this pandemic and all this. They're in such a turmoil, not knowing what to do, how to live their life. All the things that are going on. Uh, there's a man... Uh, I know he's, he's, he's got well to do. He's selling his house for $9 million. And, he's, and David said, uh, he said, well, I'm getting, plan, I'm getting ready, Glenn. He says, I'm, I've got this barn. He had a huge, all lots of stuff. He said, this barn, I'm going to be self-sufficient, solar cells on it and everything. I've got enough food all stored up for a year and all this. I'm going to be self-sufficient. I says, David, I keep inviting you to come to church. keep inviting you to know the Lord. Well, Glenn, I'm coming one day. I'm coming one day. I says, well, why don't you come now? I said, you don't need to worry about all this stuff. I says, look to the Lord. Glenn, I'm coming. And you know, actually, his driveway, which is a tremendously long driveway, goes right beside the church. So you don't have very far to go. You could come right on. And uh, he said, well, Glenn, I'm coming one day. I'm coming. The reason I knew him, he had a bull taco motorcycle. But anyway, I got to talk to him about the things of the Lord and how God blesses him. His gates were open one day. I took the motorcycle up there too. He said, Glenn, I know, I'm coming. I says, well, David, I'd like to see you come. He has a racing car company and all that too. Just sold eight companies. So, but I thought, well, the Lord wants you to know him as your Savior. Now, I'm not a 
Well, I can't say I'm not outgoing because I like, I'm mischievous that way, sad to say. And because uh, I talk to everybody about everything. And uh, so I, but I thought, well, how will I talk to this man I just met on election day last November? Never saw him again until February when we saw about these bikes. And so I thought, how wonderful it is to be able to share the testimony of the Lord Jesus Christ. With others, when we go to a restaurant and all, in a lovely day, I hope you know the Lord is your Savior. You know, just so it doesn't take a whole lot because God has given us that opportunity. Otherwise, people are going to die in their sins, and not just in faraway countries, but right around here too. If they know not the Lord Jesus Christ, they may have all the things that the world has, but without the Lord Jesus Christ, they will perish in their sins. And that's something we say, well, I feel sad about that. Well, the thing is, if we're sad, let's get a little extra sad and say, I'm going to tell them. I'm going to take a, a tract and I want to give them a tract. I'm going to do something because, Lord, you've burdened my heart. How about family and friends? My uncles in England, the times and times we shared with them. Why do they, will they not believe, Glenn? The wonderful, upstanding people. They're in their 90s. And uh, Glenn, we're all right. We were christened. And that's what thing that they've been taught all of their life. They've been to the church, sang in the church choirs years ago. And they're going to heaven because they were christened. And I tell them, I say, it's not in the scripture. Sure it is, Glenn. The vicar told us. It's not in the scriptures. And I so dearly, and that's the reason I'm looking forward again next year to go and tell them. I tell them again and tell them, I probably, we've probably told them dozens of times. And that, that's good for you, Glenn. It's not, but I don't need it. The thing is, we need to realize, you know, our life is short here upon the earth. When we're young, we've got years as we had a few extra birthdays, the years get shorter. But the thing is, let's want to say, I would like to complete my life with joy, with happiness, to see that God gave me that purpose. He has accomplished it. And I can rejoice in what God is doing. Are we doing that? Do we realize it? Are we determined? Or are we just floating along? The fellow that just took over the church in England, the other fellow, he's been called to another church, and he, uh, he looked like he was floating when we were there. But then he, all of a sudden, God, God called him. He took that four-year course through the Internet from a church in uh, King Baptist Church in North Carolina, got his degree. Kevin was called away. Darren is already repa- prepared and already, and the people voted him to come in to pastor the work there. And uh, Kevin told me, he says, Glenn, he's one of us. I thought, boy, that's wonderful. And that's the wondrous thing, is it, to know that we can all be one in the Lord Jesus Christ. His doctrine is straight. He doesn't know any false doctrine. Isn't that nice? He hasn't learned that. He's just learned the good stuff. And so how wonderful it is. So listen, every one of us, let's be determined in whatever God has for us in this life to go forth in the strength, the power, the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ. 
Several words of prayer. Our most gracious Heavenly Father, we are thankful, Lord, for this time together. We thank you, Lord, for your word, how it uplifts us and it strengthens us. And, Lord, we realize you're the one that is the strength. You're the one that's the power and the authority. And, Father, I pray that you'll help each of us to be determined to follow after you in whatever it is that you have for us here in this life. Father, we thank you. We praise you. We pray that you'll continue to work in hearts and lives. And Father, if there's someone here today, maybe there's been a visitor or something. Maybe there's one of the people who's not sure of their salvation. Father, I pray that you will convict them. Nothing that we can do, but that you will help them to remember that they need Christ Jesus as their Savior. They need that strength, that guidance that only you can give. They need to know you as their Savior and as their Lord. And I pray that you will do a mighty work in hearts and lives. And Father, if there are those as well, I've been wandering in my life. I've just been wondering, what should I do? Help them, Father, to look to you and not to the ways of the world. Though we live in this world, I pray that you will do a mighty and wonderful work. Father in heaven, we love you, we thank you, we praise you, and seek that your precious will be done, for we give thanks in Jesus' precious name. Amen.